Hello and welcome to the Lead Talks podcast. We aim to build a generation of young leaders who follow Christ and will transform their workplace by their very lives that echo purpose, integrity and excellence. I hope you will be encouraged and challenged by this week's talk. It's a privilege to invite LT Jay Chandran, retired as a chief engineer in 1993 he has a master of technology degree in structural engineering from the indian institute of technology iit in madras he is commonly known as lt he's keen um uh, is a keen student of christian theology and passionate about engaging professionals to think about their beliefs and behavior in the marketplace it's an honor uncle thank you very much i don't know whether i'm going to be a show stopper Uh, in the sense i am the last one to speak so i am stopping the show uh, you know i have uh, three points all good methodists uh, preach three point sermons and so i don't know about dr john you are a methodist too <clears throat> i i want to start my story because i am from the state but i have lived more than half my life uh, outside the state which is why my hindi is better than my tamil uh, which is not a very good thing to say here uh, <laughs> except that uh, i am in a christian audience i am not likely to be stoned to death <clears throat> now um, i uh, became a civil engineer because when jerusha asked civil engineers to stand i didn't stand because i didn't have the courage to stand uh, because i am a good friend of her late father ac rajan and um, i became a civil engineer because my father was a civil engineer and of course my favorite subject was chemistry uh, inorganic chemistry even among engineering branches i would have preferred electrical engineering to civil engineering and when i entered the profession this was after my mtech from iit madras uh, i will come back to that uh, in a moment because that's part of my journey but i want to tell you that i came to christ in 1962 uh, when most of you were not born your parents were also not born probably and uh, so i'm an ancient figure but colonel thought i was 90 years old uh, not quite uh, Uh, but um, i had to check out these steps whether i could climb without assistance uh, but i want to tell you that uh, i am a pre independence child was born 4 years before independence and uh, so as i grew up in a christian home nominal christian home it is my mother who came to know the lord first then my sisters then myself and then my father Uh, but um, i came to christ as a college student so my particular passion has been uh, to engage students and then professionals and i was quite upset in uh, being a civil engineer because i go get to to irritated when christian doctors would say jesus is the great physician christian teachers would say he is the master teacher and i was wondering what god and civil engineering have to do with each other till i started teaching myself some of the biblical languages 
And I came across an interesting word. Jerusha may not even be aware of this. The writer talks about Abraham looking for a city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. And the Greek word for builder probably today would be architect and uh, maker is a civil engineer. In fact, the Greek word actually means public worker, PWD. Can you beat that? So when I came across that, I thought it is not too bad to be a civil engineer after all. So you can be uh, a civil engineer in government. Now, when I finished my two things I want to say about uh, my, uh, my undergraduate engineering. I finished my BE when I, uh, in 1963. And my father, because I got a good rank, I was second in the university. Those days, Madras University had only six colleges. Now, Madras State has 600 colleges, but uh, those were uh, days when we were not so prosperous. And um, I was taken by my father to the CSI bishop, Bishop uh, Samuel Subramanian, very godly man. And I told him, as a newly born again Christian, oh, it is not I, but the Lord. You know what he said? That he said in 63, and I'm remembering it after 60 years. He said, it is Lord and you. And that probably was a turning point in my life because God created humans in order to work with him for human flourishing. And the reason why I reluctantly accepted Joshua's invitation to be here. But the reason I came here was uh, this is all about human flourishing at different levels. As teachers, as architects, as, uh, as those who work in NGOs, but even as builders. So I want to tell you how my faith affected my uh, being a Christian. So uh, what I'm learning since, which means I have not stopped learning, and then a, a word of conclusion. I want to tell you in government, to be assured of a purpose in life is very difficult because it can be highly demotivating. Uh, I do not know how many of you are in government service, uh, but um, I found that my uh, government service experience was not always encouraging. But I'm grateful to God for the good bosses I had, and now even for the bad bosses I had, because sometimes you learn more from bad bosses. Uh, but I want to skip this slide. I think that English was corrected by me. Uh, I'm sorry, I am capable of better English than that. Uh, <clears throat> can be completely demotivating. Um, that is because uh, there is no way in which you can see the end result because you're transferred from place to place and it can be very uh, destabilizing. But sometimes I ask for transfers. I must tell you this, that when I was in Delhi as superintending engineer, um, nobody wanted to go to the Northeast. The Northeast at that time for our organization had only one post in Shillong. We were looking after all the seven states uh, and I've been to Chandel a couple of times. You heard about uh, little drops because we have a, a satellite station which I built 
in Chandel, which is bordering Myanmar. You can get Tamil newspaper in uh, Chandel. Only thing, it will come two days later. Uh, but that's an interesting place. But I want to tell you that in working in the government, one of the things I discovered is that you have to contribute your little bit in order to achieve something which will be completed beyond your lifetime. Now, that is not a very high level of motivation. So ultimately, I had to determine my purpose, first of all, between Christian work and marketplace work. That was my first struggle. I joined my first posting in Bombay as an assistant executive engineer on the 4th of June, 1965. And I was desperate to get into a, a seminary, the Union Biblical Seminary, now in Pune, was those days in Yavatmal, in Maharashtra. And in 1967, I missed the deadline for the last date of application by just a few days. And I was heartbroken because I thought uh, God would not want me to be a civil engineer. But God had other plans. And I worked there for 28 years. And what I want to share with you is what I have learned from uh, those 28 years. The first level of assurance of a purpose in God comes from your confidence that you are in the will of God. If you are in the will of God, that is your big, biggest uh, assurance of your purpose. Otherwise, from within work itself, you may not get enough motivation. But one of the things I discovered is that relating to people, because I'm now part of a WhatsApp group of uh, all my uh, ex-colleagues, and from what some of them now write to me about what happened maybe 40 years ago, is so encouraging because they are able to get something which I did with reference to them in terms of their work, in terms of their family, in terms of their encouragement. And that has been a great uh, motivating factor. If you're enjoying this podcast and are inspired, make sure you subscribe to the Lead Talks podcast to receive inspirational talks every week. But from the within work itself, I found it very difficult, except that there were some projects, for example, Nobody wanted to go to Shillong. And therefore, I offered myself uh, to go to Shillong uh, as superintending engineer, looking after all the seven states. And uh, we went to Guwahati by train. And when we were going up the hill to Shillong, I bought the latest edition of India Today. India Today, those days, was a fortnightly. And on the cover page, there was a picture of a milestone in uh, Assam, in Duliajan, near the oil factory. Indian dogs get out of Assam. Our daughter was uh, 1980, our daughter was seven. No, she was eight. And she read it and said, why are we here then? I don't think I answered her satisfactorily. But I believe God took me there for a very important purpose to expose me to a whole different groups of people, and particularly those who are uh, so different from each other, 
that till the recent flurry of activities in the Northeast, that region was totally neglected. One of the reasons why our army did so badly in 1962 was against China, was there were no infrastructures. Now you have four bridges across the Brahmaputra. We have uh, three railway bridges. Uh, that, that is something amazing. But I thought, let me go and do something. And we did some very good work. Those days, there was no direct dialing, dialing between uh, the states and uh, Delhi. And I remember uh, the buildings we designed, cheap buildings. In fact, they were not fireproof, but I got it approved by the Post and Telegraphs Board in Delhi. I said, even if it gets destroyed, I can construct it in no time, no point wasting. Uh, too much money in putting up a permanent building. And now, uh, Northeast is connected with the rest of the country. Now it is so good. And I keep going to Northeast because it, it's a very beautiful part of the country. I'm sure our brother knows it. And uh, uh, in fact, my colleague, Mr. Santosh Kumar Agarwal, once spoke to me from Delhi. I was in Shillong. He said, are you happy, LT? I said, I'm very happy. I said, how can anyone be happy in Shillong? I said, because it is farthest from Delhi and nearest to God. 2,000 kilometers from Delhi and 2,000 meters above sea level is a good place to be happy. And so that is how I was. And uh, it was from there that uh, we moved to Calcutta. And in Calcutta, I'm just giving you a kind of a recount of my life because of the purpose theme which was put here. Um, I felt that uh, my main understanding of how God moved me, because I didn't ask for a transfer to Calcutta, but it was very convenient for our children to continue the same uh, system of education, ICSC from Shillong to Calcutta. And in Calcutta, I came across friends like Binu and others. But I want to tell you that after six years as superintending engineer, I was to be promoted as chief engineer. And normally, uh, no central government officer stays in a place for so long. But uh, at that time, our minister was Rajesh Pilot, father of uh, Sachin Pilot from Rajasthan. He wrote on the file, there is nobody who can manage unions of Calcutta better than LT. So let him continue as chief engineer. So I stayed on for two more years in Calcutta. And my poor Bengali colleague was sent here to Madras. And he was waiting for my voluntary retirement to come back to Calcutta. So that is a part of my story. I'm using the word competence. Um, instead of the word excellence. I hope that's okay with you. Uh, because uh, I had four role models from the, the Old Testament. Uh, Joseph, Daniel, Esther, and Nehemiah, because these three men and one woman came to positions of authority in non-Jewish empires. And uh, so what I discovered was you have to invest your excellence to maintain your integrity. Invest your competence to maintain your uh, integrity. In Daniel chapter 6 verse 4, it says, 
Daniel was neither corrupt nor negligent. Yeah, that's Daniel 6.4. Uh, neither corrupt nor negligent means he was honest and competent. And I think that is what made him. So much so that at certain points when my bosses asked me to do something wrong, I could tell them, sir, I can't do that because it is wrong. And they would not press me to do that because I was good in my work. So uh, that is why I came up with the slogan. It's now become quite famous even in some other parts of the world. Invest your competence to maintain your integrity. I remember after taking voluntary retirement, um, we were in Singapore for some time. And I was in Melbourne, Australia, and I was speaking in a church. And um, during the Q&A, I'm not sure what I spoke on. Uh, during the Q&A, one young white Australian lady stood up and said, I'm working as an editor in a newspaper, one of the editorial staff. And I am being asked to do an article which uh, approves of homosexual behavior. What do you think I should do? I said, I don't think I'm competent to answer your question. But I can ask you, are you good in your work as an editorial staff? She said, I'm very good. Then I think you should tell your boss that if you push me to do something which, is, which I don't approve of, then I would leave your paper and join another paper. Invest your competence to maintain your integrity. Somehow, during my younger days, when I grew up in Tamil Nadu, for example, all that we were taught about Christian behavior was to keep our hands clean. You don't take bribes. We were never talked about, we were never taught about excellence or competence in our work. But as I look at the Bible, as I look at some of these characters, I believe they combine the two. And so your investment is actually in your place of work. You invest your competence to maintain your integrity. That's why I do not sympathize with Christians who say, because I'm a Christian, I was transferred to a useless job. I immediately ask that person, are you good in your work? Because I think that combination is so badly needed. But I want to tell you that um, creativity comes out of thinking outside the box. In more recent times, I have been impressed with the fact that our Christian theology uh, begins with Genesis 3, the fall, and ends with the lake of fire in Revelation 20, which means we have left out the first two and the last two chapters of the Bible. And once you leave out these four chapters, your understanding of the Christian faith is disconnected from reality. And that is why we think of salvation as something escaping uh, from this created world, a world which is a good world created by God. And I am nowadays part of what is called the Theology of Work Project. Uh, to be or to become a role model, Paul could say, be followers of me, even as I follow Christ. Paul doesn't say, don't look at me, look at Christ. And then transmit what you have learned. Paul said that many years ago. It was good to hear uh, Binu talking about it. But uh, Paul in two places in 1 Corinthians says, what I have received from the Lord, 
I am also passing it on to you. That means he never kept something as a kind of trade secret. He always shared what he had received from God. But to me, the greatest is John 14, 12, where Jesus says that he who believes in me, greater works than these shall he do. And my passion for many years has been that people in whom I have invested should be greater than I am. And therefore, when I heard Binu talking about it today, Binu and Shuja, I was so happy because that is probably the greatest reward for us for having spent uh, this life in the present creation. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much, LT Uncle. A round of applause for such a well-lived life. And it just felt like you were passing the baton on to so many other people today. So I'd like to invite uh, Benny Prasad and Raj Anna to hand over the memento to LT Uncle. If we can give him another hand. Thank you so much. I think I am the first person who is being felicitated, not by a lady, <laughs> which I think is an important permission, but doesn't matter. Sally, you also join in facilitating. <laughs> If you could stand and rise and give this legend a round of applause. And yes, uh, what's written on it is the Hollywood Bacha. Thanks for listening to the Lead Talks podcast. For more resources from Lead Talks, visit our YouTube channel and our website www.leadtalks.org. I look forward to connecting with you and hope you will join me again on the next podcast.